We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How you doing tonight? IB Nation Sports Talk is up and rolling along with Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. Just strap in right now. Who knows what it's going to be like tonight? We've got this massive winter storm that is uh, just starting to blow through South Bend right now. My internet went down right as we were getting ready to start the show, and I think it was probably right as Salty was giving me, you know, his official Sean, you are on the clock. But here we are. We've made it this far, Jesse. Hopefully, uh, we make it farther than a Peyton Bowen commitment anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be nice. I, all I know is I am officially on vacation for like 10, 11 days, whatever it might be. So there's there's nothing that can really upset me right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm steady cruise control. I'm hoping that storm blows over by the time I drive to South Bend in three days, or at least the, the roads have been cleared. You know, there's a path to get there, but I'm, I'm glad I'm not driving through that right now. Yeah, hopefully by then it will be. It's going to be really cold, though. It's like like right now it's still, I think, in the 20s and even 30s, but it is we're supposed to get drastically down into the single digits overnight and a lot of snow overnight. It's, it's blowing and snowing out there right now. So we'll see how it goes. Um, go ahead and hit that like button if you would. We've got, again, we've got a lot going on. Today, you'll hear from Marcus Freeman some of his thoughts from his signing day press conference yesterday on the uh, subject of the day, NIL. It is a big issue, of course. Is this the end of the Peyton Bowen saga? That, I think, is what we want to know right now and what we will attempt to answer tonight. Um, hit Again, hit the like button if you would, and uh, subscribe, rate, and review, all that great stuff and we'll just get talking right now so you know just when we thought it couldn't get any crazier after Peyton Bowen does the the hat fake yesterday at his commitment announcement signing whatever you you call it down there in Texas he announces he's going to Oregon and then he has a change of heart so apparently now this is the word that we've got and and I have no reason to doubt this word. Apparently, he called Notre Dame. He's very upset, said he made a mistake, talked to the staff, talked to other Notre Dame commits, told them, you know, that he had messed up. He'd made a mistake by committing to Oregon, kept telling other commits he wanted back in this class 
at Notre Dame, called Notre Dame, told him he wanted back in the class. And he's the one who initiated all this after he does the, you know, formal announcement that he's going to Oregon. And so after saying all of that, he's going to Oklahoma. And he announced it this afternoon, made it official on Twitter that I'll read in a second. Before I get to the tweet, what do you think of just where all this has gone, Jesse, in just a little bit more than 24 hours? Well, it's gone a lot of places and there's a lot of layers to it. So, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think what has to be considered the most, at least in my eyes, from my perspective, is that this is a, a, a decision that's obviously weighing on a very young kid, you know, that's still in high school. And I think he's being pulled in a lot of different directions by a lot of different people who he holds in high regard, right? I think his dad kind of might want one thing. His mom has another opinion. And of course, you throw in the fact that his girlfriend, you know, goes to Oklahoma as well already and, and is on the women's soccer team. So to me, it feels like there's a lot of different layers. There's a lot of different people pulling him in different directions. Um, and then, you know, hearing about the fact that he reached back out to Notre Dame. Again, I don't know if that's true. Uh, but what I do know is if he reached out to Notre Dame, I I know a lot of people are going to say he's a head case. Um, and all these things, but I, me myself would have a hard time turning down a five-star recruit and the number 10 player in the country. So that's where I'm a little bit confused because again, it's a young player. And if he says he wants to come back and he owns up to his decision, you, you, you can, you can transform who he is as a person over these four years, right? Like you're recruiting him based off of talent. So for me, if they turned him down, that's a mistake in my opinion. And hmm. I that's that's I guess that's where we can maybe start the, the conversation. But if he honestly reached back out and owned up to his mistake and said, you know, I've, I'm I'm I feel like I made a mistake and Notre Dame turned him down again. Um, again, I just I feel like that's a, a mistake on Notre Dame's end. And I get that a lot of people are saying he's a head case yeah. and all of those things. But I, I, just I, don't, don't, I don't know that he was playing games. I just think that he really didn't know what to do. Like when you looked at the reactions of mom and dad in that video, they seemed like they were obviously divided. And then there was another conversation afterwards. I don't think that you get up and announce you're going to one school. And then all of a sudden, now you're going to pull it back and you're like, oh, now I'll call Notre Dame and I'll call Oklahoma and see if, you know what they'll give me at this point. I, I just I don't think it was that. Could it have been? Sure. But Micah does make a good point. How can you believe, you know, it's like the, the kid who cried wolf, right? Like how can you trust in anything at this point? And so that's why if I'm Notre Dame, I don't, I don't have a problem. Notre Dame saying, no, we're done, you know, because they had spent the better part of the last week after all this Oklahoma and Oregon stuff came up trying to get him to stay. And it's looking like he was going to stay. And then it's, you know, it's like going into yesterday, everyone thought it was Notre Dame and Oklahoma. And then you get to the announcement and there's a Notre Dame hat, and an Oregon hat, and an Oregon hat that really didn't even look like an Oregon hat for that matter. But, you know, that's that's another story altogether. But there wasn't even an Oklahoma hat out there. And so, you know, then so all this happens behind the scenes afterwards. And now here he is, and he's back, and he's signing with Oklahoma. Signing, air quotes, apparently. You know, do we know for sure that he actually signed on the dotted line? No, but. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From Peyton Bowen. This is the tweet from Peyton Bowen today about... What, an hour and a half, maybe two hours ago at this point. Quote, as I reflect on yesterday's whirlwind, I recognize that I made some mistakes that I regret and will learn from. Navigating this process has been a roller coaster. With that being said, I also know that I was blessed to be in the position to consider multiple wonderful universities as I continue my football career. I want to thank Coach Lanning, Coach Lupoy, and Coach Pollage for offering me the opportunity to join your great program. Soon after choosing Oregon yesterday morning, I came to the realization that the decision was not the best path for me. I immediately started to rethink my future. Next, I would like to thank Coach Freeman, Coach Golden, and Coach O'Leary for their passion, patience, and efforts to bring me to South Bend. For most of this year, I had truly envisioned my future at Notre Dame. That being said, after deciding to reconsider my final destination, I came to realize that my heart was somewhere else. A lot of that being said is in there, by the way. That leads me to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has always felt like home to me, reflecting it seems as if I was always looking for a reason to branch out and break away from home. But my relationships with Coach Venables, Coach Bates, Coach Valai, Coach Hall, and Coach Chavez along with my ties to friends and family locally, ultimately led me back to where I always belonged. Oregon or Notre Dame faithful, I am sorry for how I handled this process. Changing my decision on signing day, the hat pump fake, all of it could have been handled better. I can't change what I did, but this experience is something I will learn from. Oklahoma family, I am excited to join this wonderful program and represent this university going forward. End quote. From... Peyton Bowen. So what do you think of all that, Jess? So to me, it, it ultimately what it felt like is it came down to Notre Dame and the field. And I think it was very obvious that his mom wanted him to go to Notre Dame. And it felt like his dad was more so on the side of potentially kind of what he could get out of this NIL. And right. so when he said Oregon, I was really confused because if you're not going to go to Notre Dame, then why not go to Oklahoma and, to begin with? 
if that be with was your girlfriend, home. right? And like, if that's always home. And so I felt like after Oregon was, was like, offering more money, <laughs> right? And that's where I think he was being pulled in a different direction. He had someone just said it uh, up in here a little bit ago. Um, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Do, 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 do. Okay. Chris, I made a ton of bad decisions at 17 to 18. Looks like he didn't have great guidance. And I, I really think that's what it boiled down to is he had two very prominent figures in his life that wanted him to do two completely different paths. And ultimately I think he went where the money went. And if he decided Notre Dame wasn't going to be it, and he was going to get probably equal from Oklahoma and Oregon, then again, why not go to the school that your girlfriend is already at. And I know that it sounds crazy, but these kids at that age, you shouldn't make decisions based off of this, but I guarantee that this, this girlfriend of his had, you know, some sort of influence on it. So again, for me, I, I, I just really confused again, where, where the main guidance was at. Um, and I, I just hope that he has no regrets because at the end of the day, you know, he's going to a team that doesn't play good defense and you're one of the top defensive backs in the country. So why wouldn't you want to play in a system where you're probably, you know, you're going to have a better chance of going to the NFL where defense is more of a priority. And Matt says, when you're that age, you never make choices based on a girlfriend. You shouldn't make choices based on a girlfriend, not you don't make choices based on a girlfriend too many times. You do make choices based on a girlfriend or a boyfriend or, you know, whatever it happens to be. I just think that, with the, with the drama that we've seen in the last week from this guy, you don't need that drama anymore. And maybe that's what these guys came to decide. It's like it, it came down, you know, he did the thing. He did his little, you know, hat trick yesterday and he decided Oregon. And then that's what I don't get. And I don't even think he was making the decision based on the girlfriend. I think that he was going to go to Oregon, and then all of a sudden, you know what you're talking about. Then he's got more people in his ear, whether it was his mom or his girlfriend or whoever it happened to be. Who knows who beyond him knew what decision he was going to make when he sat down at that table yesterday? Because, again, like based on the reactions, nobody, you know, mom seemed pretty shocked. Right. <laughs> right. And, look, you know, I, I saw somebody post on our board last night or this morning something about he was in the military and you know doesn't want to hear these excuses about this kid is 18 years old he's a teenager and all that stuff because you know I served in the military and I could go you know die for my country look that's your decision your decision is not his decision and your decision to serve your country or not serve your country has one does not have anything to do with the other first thank you for your service you know regular viewers of the show know that, that, that I served as well. And, you know, like when I was that age, you know, speaking of decisions, I was signed. I signed a letter of intent to go wrestle at Dodge city community college in Western Kansas. I was going to go wrestle at this junior college. And then over the summer, I decided that was not the route that I was going to go. That was not a popular decision with my family. Like my grandpa, who Jesse is named after, what is a World War II veteran and ended up retiring from the Army. He was not happy about it. My dad, who was in the Marine Corps and served in Vietnam, he was not particularly happy about it. And my mom was not happy about it at all because of the whole, you know, she was married to someone who, you know, went to Vietnam and served and, and all that 
kind of stuff. So that was not a popular decision, but I did not have to get in front of a microphone and cameras and make that decision for the whole world to see and then dissect as soon as the decision was made. And anyone else who makes those decisions does not have to make you know that in front of the whole world as well and then have everyone judge them based on that. So, you know, even people like me who served in the military still made bad decisions, you know, even after <laughs> joining the military. Everyone, everyone developmentally, you know, de everyone develops at a different pace, both physically and mentally. And I, I just, I completely agree with what you're saying, Jesse. I said as much yesterday. I think this kid, and he is still a kid, you know, even if he is 18, just because you turn 18 doesn't, you know, magically make you, you know, full of knowledge. And now all of a sudden you've got all the answers. He still has to figure some things out for himself. And I think he had a lot of people pulling him in a lot of different directions. And that's just, ultimately that's what it comes right. down to. It's it, he, I just think he had too many voices in his ear rather than listening to what he truly, you know, wanted to do. And, I, you know, another frustrating aspect to this and, and not to kind of divert away from Bowen himself, but, you know, they lost a five star in Keeley. They've lost a five star in Bowen. And to me, that's that's the overall part that hurts the most is they haven't been able to land the five star. They have all these great, you know, four stars, which is great. It's a great overall class. I'm not taking anything away from this class. It's an excellent class. I think Marcus Freeman did a tremendous job, but I, I just need, I need that five star. And, and to have both of these guys kind of ripped away after they gave their commitment to Notre Dame, I think that's the part that hurts the most as a fan. And again, I just feel like, uh, in, in Bowen's case, too many people were in his ear. Um, and ultimately it, it sucked even more because he was committed to Notre Dame for so long. It was Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. And then in kind of in this last, you know, 12th hour, uh, you, we, we see him leave, you know, for Oklahoma. And again, yeah. you know, Keeley kind of flipped during the season and he was committed as well. So I'm just, it's just frustrating seeing both of these five guard, five star guys kind of flip towards the end here. Florida Life says, where are all the five stars? I thought Freeman was supposed to be bringing in all this incredible talent. Well, how is he supposed to do it when he gets outbid by $2 million for the five-star talent? I mean, that's that's the problem. It's not because Freeman can't recruit. It's because literally he is being outbid for the five-star players in this class. Two, we talked about this yesterday on the show. We've, we've got all the numbers. If you go back, this is the, the average of this club, you know, one, it's the first time ever Notre Dame has had a top 300 player at every position in this class. Two, the average percentage of four and five star rated players in this class is 83%, which is the best in the last 13 years, basically. Like if you go back to Brian Kelly, the next best class was, I believe it was 80, 81, 82%, the 2013 class that Jalen Smith was part of. You're right. It's lacking five stars, right? But at the same time, it is still chock full of talent. And percentage wise, oh, yeah. it's got more talent across the board than anything Brian Kelly brought in. And again, it would have a couple more at least a couple more five stars if there weren't a couple of schools out there with big time money bags buying the players to get them to come there. And we're going to play some comments from Marcus Freeman here in just a minute. Notre Dame's not going to get into that game. There is NIL to be had once you come to Notre Dame 
but the upfront acquisition fees are not going to be part of Notre Dame's recruiting process. It's just not going to happen. So if that's what it takes to get five stars, they're probably going to be missing out on a lot more. But the silver lining is if you get the right kind of, like if you stack this kind of talent in back-to-back classes like Marcus Freeman has, you know what I was just talking about, 81% four and five-star percentage last year's class had, 83% this year. That's the first time that Notre Dame has had that back-to-back 80-plus percentage. Brian Kelly's classes were more in the 40s and 50% on average. He only hit that 80% one time in Jalen Smith's class. I think he hit 70% one, maybe two other times. Otherwise, it was pretty much 40s and 50s across the board. So already in back-to-back classes that Marcus Freeman has been a part of, 81%, 83%. I'd say that's pretty good. No, yeah, and again, I'm not taking anything away from this recruiting class. It's a great class overall and for a lot of the reasons that you just highlighted. Um, but I, I just wanted like that exclamation point on it, like that stamp that – you know, like that, just just the the, the five star stadium. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, and that's what a lot of people want. And that's, you know, that's what like you would definitely still feel a lot different about this class if you had that Bowen Keeley at the top of it to put a bow on it. But it's still the seventh highest rated recruiting class in the nation right now. Right. And again, what, combining what what they're bringing in with what they have with Marcus Freeman's coaching style, and you know all the you know his his staff now maturing and de- developing. You know, I have no, I have no, um, what's the word? I have no doubts. I don't know why that word was so hard to come up with. I have no <laughs> doubts that based on what they're getting, combined with you know what what's what we've already kind of seen this year, that they can make their run for the playoff. And, and especially with the expansion, like this team is only going to get better. This recruiting class is only going to get better. These are preliminary rankings, and of course they can go up or they can go down. And I think that Marcus Freeman and his staff are going to elevate these players even more. So I'm very excited still for what's coming in. And again, it's a very great class. I was yeah. just looking for that one little boop, you know, exclamation right. point on top. The the cherry on top, I guess, is is a way you could put it too. Super chat from Charlie Wells, Weiss's last belt loop. His mom did a good <laughs> job writing the tweet for I him. I like that one. I have to I have to believe there was a ghostwriter of that tweet. Whether it was mom, maybe the girlfriend, you know, whoever it happened to be, you know, considering misinformation had one too many S's in that tweet last week and i didn't see you know somebody spell check this one pretty good i believe uh milton asking sean you've been in college sports a long time have you ever seen anything so destructive to college athletics as abuse of nil never seen anything like this nothing nothing comes close and it's only a short amount of time that this has happened it is just completely especially college football, obviously, it has turned it upside down. And uh, Coach Ben's, uh, Bent 574 asked if we saw the tweets by Mrs. Pendleton, Sam Pendleton's mom. We're going to get to those. We're, we're uh, going to save that um, series of tweets from Sam Pendleton's mom for rapid fire. We will get to that. Derek asks, is it possible to overdose on Notre Dame podcast? No, it is not. <laughs> Never. Keep coming. Keep liking. Keep leaving comments. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I agree with Mike as well. This is not NIL. This is not. This is 
as someone said yesterday, this is pay for play is all it is. They have already turned college sports into professional sports and and it is the wild wild west you know which a lot of people have caught it yeah and as greg just said pay for play that's exactly what it is right now so i got a couple comments jesse's brought his whiteboard today and before we get to that um i wanted to get to a couple comments from marcus freeman from his press conference yesterday he did his um signing day press conference he was asked a lot about nil yesterday one of the things he was asked about is how they have to essentially gauge recruits for their fit at notre dame versus if a recruit is potentially you know going to make nil demands like we're talking about right now and here's the answer to that every kid you got to look at and say okay why did we get him or why didn't we get him and that's something we'll do as a staff and say, okay, every recruit that signed here, why did we get them? What was important? Okay, the kids that we didn't get, why didn't we get them? What was important? What could we have done differently? The ones that decommitted, why did they decommit? What can we have done differently? And some of them might have to say, it wasn't the right fit. It's okay, you know. And some we got to look and say, we got to evaluate the way we're recruiting, what we're selling, how we got to the point where they didn't want to come here or they decommitted. And so I think if you don't learn from every kid that's committed and decommitted, you're, you're losing a chance to grow. And that's something we're going to do. Um, will NIL be a topic? Absolutely. We have to make sure that no matter what the the – the important, the important things in recruiting, we've got to make sure that we're competitive, you know, and, and NIL is, is important to some of these recruits, and we've got to make sure we're competitive, and I think we are. Um, but we've got to continue to look back and evaluate who we got, why we got them, and why we didn't get certain guys. All right, Jess, so what do you think? Yeah, I, I like what Marcus Freeman is saying, and basically what that boils down to is that he is showing – that he 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 and his program are, are are going to be you know revolved or centered around one word and that one word is called integrity right you're not going he he's going to recruit you for who you are as a player who you are as a person and again it, it's it's not going to come down to what the money is because Notre Dame can offer so much more outside of you know what these other schools can do in terms of NIL and it, it, for me personally you know I know there's a lot of rumblings in the chat about you know the 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 system is broken the NIL has ruined things and I agree to that. Um, but I, I think that the NIL has a place, um, but unfortunately, just like everything, it's getting abused, you know, already. And my number one rule would be you can't talk NIL until you are signed and on campus. I think I've said that before, and I think that would be the most fair way to do it because you can recruit guys based on what basically what Marcus Freeman is talking about. And then once they become an enrolled student, you can start getting into what the you know, what the university can do for you NIL wise. But again, Marcus Freeman to me and, and and from that snippet is he's a man of integrity and he's going to run his program based on integrity. He's not going to pay for play. He's not going to, you know, talk about, he's not just going to be essentially be writing blank checks. And I respect him for that. Um, and at the end of the day, that's how I would want my head coach to, to go about his business as well. And I mean, you know, it, 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 it obviously stinks if you're a Notre Dame fan sitting here right now looking at this happen and seeing these players walk away. But, I mean, ultimately, isn't that what you want from Notre Dame? You know, do you really want them writing blank checks to get them out there? Part of the conversation, and we'll hear this in a second, is the fact that there is still NIL to be had at Notre Dame. It's just not going to be an upfront inducement 
to right. get players here. And I agree. I agree in theory with what you're saying. Like it, it, it shouldn't be a conversation until you're on campus. But how are you going to regulate that? You know, you would literally have to put <laughs> wiretaps on every coach in America. You know, <laughs> when they're out there having these conversations with kids. I, I just, it's, it's the biggest problem with NIL. And I, I said it from the very beginning, before it was ever put into action, that it was my biggest concern, how it was going to be regulated to keep people from using NIL as a recruiting tool. And it's just, this is only the second cycle that NIL has been a factor, and it is just completely blown up the wrong way. Jason says, Notre Dame's a model of doing it the right way. Imagine the hatred right. if they win without pay for play. He said he's on the board for the ride. Did you have something else you were going to add in there? No, it's it's just unfortunate that a, a reasonably good, you know, idea because, you know, Milton made the comment, if you're paying someone, they're, they're, at that point, they're a professional athlete. And I, I hear what you're saying, but at the same point, you know, the NCAA capitalizes off the name, image, and likeness of a lot of these young players. And, you know, they don't, they don't get to see some of that. So I just think that there either needs to be one, what I was talking about, or a cap at which you can do it. And I don't know what that cap should be, but it, you know, it's just like everything else. There's going to be growing pains and I hope that there's amendments, uh, but there needs to be more regulations. There needs to be an even playing field because if it comes down to money, it's just going to become the wealthiest schools I mean, getting the best players. Technically, they're not supposed to be promising any money up front. That's why no one officially has talked about it. That's why, you know, Peyton Bowen hasn't come out and said, well, you know, they just made a better NIL offer because he can't say that because then you do get in trouble. But it's, you know, again, it's just very crazy when all the conversation was Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. And then he shows up on signing day and it's, oh, it's Oregon. And then the next day he's on to Oklahoma. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> well, so Marcus Freeman, again, one more, one more comment right now. And I've got another one that will play in rapid fire. But this to me was the money quote from Marcus Freeman talking about that upfront NIL money not going to be part of the conversation for Notre Dame. If that's the only reason they want to come to Notre Dame, this ain't going to be the right fit for them. You know, and I think that the more we can get them back to show them what makes Notre Dame important, what makes this place special, the value of this university, the value of this education, the value of, of playing football here at this place is, is really what attracts you and what keeps you here. You know, and that's what we all have to understand. If you're coming here because of NIL, it's probably not going to be the best place for you, you know, and uh, it's not going to be the place you choose. Um, if you come here and you understand the value of this university, this network, uh, this football team, um, then you got a great chance to, to stick it out when things get really, really tough because that's college. That's that's 18 to 22. It gets tough. There's bumps in the road. And um, when you choose this place for um, what it brings you way past the time you're here, then during those tough times, you'll lean on those teammates that I just talked about, those those guys that came in with you. Um, but also you'll lean on the understanding that, hey, the value of Notre Dame is, is going to take care of you for a long time. So what do you think when you hear that, Jess? Yeah, listening to that, it's obvious the number one word from from this kind of Freeman snippet is priorities. And he's not going to – 
you know, value a football player who prioritizes NIL money over all the stuff that he just talked about. You know, what Notre Dame can do for you in terms of transforming you into a better person, making you a better man, preparing you for the future and the education that it can set up for you going forward. Because, you know, I made this point, this point before, uh, I think multiple times, it, it's great that these guys are getting all this money, but how many of these NFL players that we see sign these great contracts, you know, it says like on average, five years after retirement, most of those guys are going broke. And so it, it, I can't imagine that, you know, these college kids are going to be much better. And so what is going to set you up better long-term, a Notre Dame degree, a Notre Dame resume, a Notre Dame, no, net, you know, network of people in, in the real world. So again, to me, it comes back to priorities. What do these kids prioritize? Do they prioritize the glory right now, the money right now, and everything that comes with it? Are they in it for the long game and, you know, what they can become, right. you know, after leaving Notre Dame? Well, and that's still, you have to be in it for, you know, at, at least the three-year process if you're coming to Notre Dame, because there are different academic requirements. Now, I'm not saying there aren't, you know, higher academic requirements at other schools, but Notre Dame is the only school with the kind of requirements they have. Well, I, I guess I, I could throw Michigan in there. You Stanford. Know, yeah, well, Stanford's not winning now. That's what I was getting ready to say. That, that is winning at that level. You know, Stanford is not winning at that level anymore. They're on their way down, and I don't see them coming back up quite on. I'll, I'll be curious to see what the Sacramento State guy can do. But you you have to be committed to you're going to be a student when you're at Notre Dame. There are other things that come with it. There, there are other pressures and expectations that come with it. And it, it can't just be a transactional deal. You've got to be in to the process and you've got to be, you know, that's, that's why I think that even though you saw a couple of these guys flip, ultimately the vast majority of these guys stayed in this class. And the fact that they have 24 in this class and, and the majority of them committed before the season ever started. And, you know, we were talking about the fours and fives, and this is a guy we brought up yesterday, Drake Bowen, Butkus Award winner, National High School Butkus Award winner, didn't get listed as a five-star. And we were talking about Tom Lemmings. Tom Lemming is the guy that created the star system. <laughs> and he said yesterday on the signing day show with, with Brian and Ryan and Sean that the star system is bogus because it's more about the amount of offers that you get and ultimately who you get the offers from than your actual talent. And I think that that's what, you know, Drake Bowen was committed to Notre Dame for a long time. This guy is a beast. Has anyone turned on his film? Oh, plus, you know, by the way, he's going to play baseball as well. He wasn't just a two-way guy in high school. He helped both the baseball and football team win state championships, and he's going to play both at Notre Dame as well. So, you know, like he he, the fact that he's not a five-star is ridiculous. Just to use him as an example, so like. It, the, you know, the stars might not technically say they have any fives right now, but there are, there are a couple fives in this class. No, yeah, I, think, I, I agree with I what you're saying. One of them as well. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We're going to get back to this in a few minutes. Jesse wanted to break out his whiteboard. We've got more of the NIL stuff. We've got Sam Pendleton's mom's comments uh, on Twitter about this, about money being offered, uh, you know, to to the to the big time recruits. We've got that that we're going to talk about in rapid fire. And one more comment um, from Marcus Freeman in rapid fire as well. But we do have a bowl game. There's actually a bowl game a week from tomorrow in Jacksonville, Gator Bowl, Notre Dame, South Carolina. Fighting Irish are going to have a new quarterback at the helm. And Jesse brought his whiteboard along to uh, to kind of talk us through what the offense might look like. Yeah, so if if I'm if I am Tommy Reese and I am bringing back my, you know, my QB1 who was hurt earlier in the season, I would want to do a lot of things that takes pressure off of him. Um, can get the ball out quick, build confidence, and still kind of be highly effective at the same time um, and utilizing your best position group on the field. And their best position group on the field right now is running backs. They have a three-headed you know, monster at running back. Um, and so how do you utilize all of those things at the same time? Your great running backs, your great running game, uh, the fact that you have a, a, a young quarterback coming off injury. Oh, it's a bowl game. You know, how can you pass the ball around still? And so I wanted to get into some of my favorite, or not some of my favorite, if I was Tommy Reese, some sets that I would like to get into knowing all the things that I just mentioned. So uh, right now, what, what what we have on the screen is a, what I'll, I'll call it a 21 formation. Uh, ball Love is it. On the, That's all you had to say. <laughs> 21 <laughs> formation, ball on the left half, left hash, uh, one wide receiver into the boundary, uh, tight end to the field side, two wide receivers to the field side, um, and a halfback in shotgun with the quarterback into the boundary. So first thing I would do out of this formation is your slot guy right now or the two wide receiver to the field side is going to be um, a running back. And he is going to immediately motion into – not motion. Yes, motion into the backfield. And so when he gets into the backfield – this is an early sign for Buckner what coverage is going on, right? He's settling into the game. He hasn't read live defenses in a while. He hasn't played against another defense outside of Notre Dame since the Marshall game. So how can you get him settled in? You, you motion your running back into the backfield. And immediately what I like out of this is based off what the defense does, you can run some RPO looks, right? Um, you can – sorry, I'm switching between. You can hand it off to your running back immediately – um, and, and get, you know, maybe two, three yards. And then again, outside of this formation, I would flare this back into the flat immediately uh, and, and give give Buckner essentially two options here, just an easy handoff or a quick flip into the boundary and letting a guy like Chris Tyree do what he does best mm -hmm. and get open into space, right? Uh, so that's, again, that's a nice set that I like out of 21 formation. Again, 
the 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 running back starts at, out as a split out wide receiver. He motions into the backfield, so you have two running backs into the backfield. Buckner can figure out what's going on defensively, and a simple play you can just hand it off. And if you hand if you don't like that look, you can hand it off and flick it out to your running back into the flat. Simple enough, right? Now, someone um, said it looks like the wing T. If it was the wing T, there would <laughs> actually be wings off the tackles. And you'd you'd be kind of more, you know, like e- either the quarterback would be under center or you would be like in a, uh, you know, like a shotgun wing T, you know, like a pistol formation, right? Like if it was wing T. Yeah, you'd, you'd be you'd, you would see kind of it, like Navy. You, you would see those kind of backs split out towards the end off the tackles, maybe a yard off, you know, off the line of scrimmage. But these guys are in pure shotgun. And again, if you we when, when Brian and I talked about this a few weeks ago when Notre Dame was playing Navy, you could almost call this you could call this offense right here the triple option. You know, it's just the the, the triple option is just assuming that there's you know three options. And so how you do that formationally, it, it, you can you can do it multiple ways. So it technically could it be wing T, sure, but um, in this instance, it's not wing T. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, that that was the first thing. Uh, that I liked out of that. And then say, say you, you motion them into, you know, just straight pass. There's no, there's no, um, there's no run option. What, what I like about this again is now you have two different backs in the backfield who can run different routes along, you know, with your wide receiver. So if I, if I were Tommy Reese, I would work on immediately kind of clearing, you know, getting some space deep, maybe running a streak with this guy. Uh, a deep post with this guy. Now you've blown the cover off the defense and then you can just allow your, your, your tight end to kind of sit down, you know, in this coverage, you can flare out another back this way. Uh, and then this back can run, you know, a flood route into the flat over here. Again, a, a very, very easy concept, um, but with lots of options and it makes it easy, you know, for Bugner cause he can hit these kind of layups first and, and that's going to suck the defense in, you know, throughout the game, assuming they're running the ball well too. And then, you know, as the defense gets more lazy with their eyes, um, the, these guys can start running downfield. Gotcha. I like it. I mean, it makes so that, a lot of sense. That is that formation. That is 21 personnel. I like that. That's assuming that they're going to use a tight end. I would use that for more of, you know, kind of when you're trying to definitely run the ball. Um, another one I like, very similar, but instead of, uh, and this is again what what I want to see Tyler Buckner make some plays in the passing game because I think South Carolina expects Notre Dame to run. Uh, they know Buckner hasn't played in a while, so how do you get him comfortable? You start running the ball. So I would line up in a two by two set, different formation, uh, left boundary, two wide receivers into the boundary, two wide receivers into the field side, and again I would motion this guy into the backfield, let Buckner become familiar. You know what's going on coverage wise. And now instead of having a tight end, you have a faster, you know, more athletic wide receiver out there and you can do various kind of route concepts. Again, I like this running back kind of working into the, you know, the flood or the flat manipulating really this linebacker getting one-on-one coverage, this back kind of flaring out here. He's going to get one-on-one coverage again with this linebacker and then let these three wide receivers, you know, kind of work whatever concept they want. Do you want to run this guy on a streak? Do you want to run this guy on a deep, you know, in route? And let this guy kind of run a, a post towards the sideline. You know, whatever you might want to be. There's so many different route concepts that you could come up with. But the main thing for me is when you have two backs on the field, you introduce one-on-one matchups with these linebackers. You let your more athletic guys like Tobias Merriweather, 
you know, Lindsay get out in space and, and work these matchups and use their speed and their athletic ability. And I think that's what's really going to benefit Notre Dame is using yeah. what, what they can do best. They know that their running backs are the best. So how can you manipulate defenses knowing that your two running backs are going to get a lot of attention? Yeah, I completely agree with that. I completely agree. And, you know, like I, I think that, you know, again, when, when you lose Michael Mayer, who is your best, most consistent offensive weapon this season, when you lose him, well, Who's one of the best athletes that you have on that side of the ball now and fastest? Chris Tyree. Find a way to keep him on the field as much as possible and use him in some different ways, I think. I think that that I think that he can be a big factor in this game. I think it'd be, you know, I think we all thought he could have been a bigger, bigger factor in the offense all season. And uh, I definitely think he can be in a game like this. My ideal lineup would be <laughs> Diggs, Tyree, Colsey, Merriweather, and Lindsey all on the same field as much as possible. I think that like those that. guys give you just an incredible chance. You can do all things. You can run the ball. You can get speed on the outside. You can get favorable matchups. You get long, you know, long strides with with Merriweather with some, you know, decent speed. And obviously, Lindsey's going to be the burner. And then Colsey's your big frame guy, the guy that you want to throw it up to, kind of like the Michael Mayer, uh, but honestly, could probably get up there, you know, a little bit more. So. As long as those guys are in combination on the field, I'm great with it. I just really hope that they use – I know we say it all the time, but I just really hope they could use two backs to really open up the rest of the game for them and open up this passing game. Because I think that Buckner is going to have to do some do, do some work with his arm for them to really you know, win this game. I agree. I agree. He's going to have to do something with his arm. They can't be all just ram it down their throat because that's what they're going to load up to stop because that's what Notre Dame – as well great stuff as always glad to see the whiteboard back i'm sure we will see it on uh ib countdown to kickoff before the gator bowl next week as well Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.